TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> It may be the nighttime, but the sports talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local, and not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting. Live from the Kia Studios, it's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome into Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you in the Kia Studios on this Wednesday evening. Going to be only with you till 10 o'clock. More on that. We ask you to download the Odyssey app. You're not in the car as much. Put the Odyssey app on one of your devices today. You can use your smartphone. You can use your Alexa speakers. You can use your tablet. You can use your cassette player, your Blu-ray, your Casio watch. Whatever your device is, just download it on something. You'll be able to catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929thegame on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, best way to be a part of the show is to follow us on our personal Twitter pages. I am at JMCH316. That is your water cooler talking points Three to six months in advance of anybody else that is out there. He is producing the show on the other side of the glass. Day-Day is in the house at the D. Lewis for real. So with you till 10 o'clock tonight, then we'll hand it off to pre-match coverage. Uh, 10 o'clock pregame, 10.30 kick. Jason Longshore and Mike uh, Mike Connie. Uh, They are in L.A. as Atlanta United travels across the West Coast to take on LAFC. So... Here with you for three hours, or as every other show on this station besides Dukes and Bell calls it, normal. Well, actually, Steak and them would have to actually stay overtime for a three-hour show, but that's neither hot here nor there, huh? How's come we get long? A few weeks ago, we were doing a, a five-hour show in a closet. Anyway, uh, let's get to some good news, Okay. Let's start off with some good news, right? Braves last night, they come back after being down 4-1. to They got the early lead off the Ozzie Albies homer, and then Elder gave up a couple of home runs, one to Pete Alonso. Did you see what Pete Alonso was mouthing off about? Throw that pitch again, throw that pitch again. Uh, again, 
Uh, he finished one for four, had the big home run, obviously, but wasn't like he had a monster night or anything like that. But he hit a big two-run homer. Lindor hit a big two-run homer. They were up four to one. Braves rally for four in the sixth and then get another run in the eighth inning and seal it six to four as really Marcelo Zuna was one of the spark plugs for that comeback. So so with that, I gave Day-Day all of the correct information and everything like that. Day-Day, hit the music. If the Mets, if the Mets, step right up and if the Mets, bring the kitties, bring your wife. They're going to suck for the rest of your life. <sighs> you know what? I'm in such a good mood. Play that again, Day-Day. F the Mets. F the Mets. Step right up and F the Mets. Bring the kitties. Bring your wife. They're going to suck for the rest of your life. Ah. <sighs> Doesn't that make you feel good? Did I yeah. ever hey, did I ever tell you I hate the Mets? Yeah. I yeah. effing hate the Mets. It's pretty evident. <laughs> I hate them. And look, I like Scherzer a lot. Scherzer's one of my favorite players in Major League Baseball. I'm a big Lindor fan. He came up with the Indians, okay? I mean, I'm a big fan of Lindor. But as soon as you put on that Mutz jersey, then you're all a-holes. All bets out the window. Yeah. You know what, Day Day? I'm feeling so good. Hit the song one more time. Here we go. F the Mets. F the Mets. Step right up and F the Mets. Bring the kitties. Bring your wife. They're going to suck for the rest of your life. I feel better now. I think we got that out of our system. We'll play that again at some point. So we'll be playing it all series long because I hate the Mets. Have I told you that day, day that I hate the Mets? Yeah, yeah, you kind of mentioned okay. that. Yeah, all right. I just wanted to be sure. I didn't didn't know if I'd get that gotten that message across um, to everybody. Um, really good pitching matchup tonight: Max Scherzer and Charlie Morton, two grizzled old veterans. I mean, you got what a forty year old and a thirty eight. Well, maybe they're both forty. Let me see about that. I'm, Scherzer's got to be about forty himself, but obviously two grizzled old vets. Um, you know, Scherzer's going to be a first ballot. Hall of Famer. Charlie Morton has had a really good career. Uh, let's see here. Verlander's 40. Uh, Scherzer's only 38. Okay. So Morton's about 40. Scherzer's 38. So, But two guys that have had a lot of success for a long time in Major League Baseball. And, um, you know, Max Scherzer's done, done everything that there is to do in baseball. Winning World Series. Uh, Cy Young's in both leagues. Uh, I think he was. What, wasn't, wasn't he the MVP of the league? At one time, didn't Max Scherzer win an MVP award in the American League when he was with the Tigers? So, again, he's done everything in Major League Baseball. Uh, let me see about that. Let me just make sure. I thought he won an MVP. Maybe it was just a Cy Young winner. But, obviously, he's he's had a, a monster career. What's he up to now? 3,241 strikeouts. You know, it used to be in Major League Baseball that when you – struck out 3,000 guys, that was an automatic ticket to go to the Hall of Fame, right? That that magical mark of 3,000 strikeouts. Then Nolan Ryan ended up with like 7,000 or something ridiculous, whatever uh, it is. But um, Scherzer's a Hall of Fame pitcher. 
certainly first ballot Hall of Famer. He's been one of the most dominant pitchers of this generation. But a really good matchup tonight. Um, we'll see if Morton can keep the ball in the ballpark. You know, Elder was not able to keep the ball in the ballpark. He got away with it, and he found a way to get a victory because the offense kind of bailed him out. But he pitched six innings, four hits, four earned runs, couple of walks, couple of homers, and eight strikeouts. So um, hopefully Morton keeps the ball in the ballpark tonight. I mean, again, really the only time he's gotten in trouble here recently is when, you know, he gave up a couple of home runs. And obviously that was the issue for him last year. But he's really done a good job this year of cutting back on uh, all of that. So, um, you know, we'll see if if he can give them six or seven innings uh, tonight. We'd certainly like to see that uh, as uh, Morton uh, gets the uh, – Gets a start on the mound. Uh, your lineup tonight, uh, Ronnie, Olsen, Riley, Murphy, Rosario, Albies, Ozuna, Arcia, and Michael Harris, and then, of course, Charlie Morton on the mound. So um, we're going to talk to our buddy John Heyman, Odyssey MLB Insider. We'll talk a good bit about the Atlanta Braves and where they're at right now. But, you know, with what this lineup is doing, even the guys who are struggling right now, you know, Riley's kind of struggling Michael Harris has had some struggles, but they're still doing good things. You know, Harris is still stealing bases, wreaking havoc on the base pass. He's drawing it, walks at a better rate than he did last year, while at the same time striking out less. Riley's still pounding the ball. I mean, again, it's an 800 OPS, and you feel like that's not a really good season for him. So uh, we'll see what happens tonight and. We'll keep you up to date all the way up till pre-match coverage of Atlanta United and LAFC as that will get underway. 10 o'clock pregame, 10.30 kick. Jason Longshore and uh, Mike, uh, Mike Connie will have the call for all of that. NBA Finals resumes. How long, When's the last time the NBA Finals played? February? Like When, when was the last <laughs> game that they played? It was, like, it was like over the weekend, right? Yeah, Sunday. Like we've almost got our whole work week in. Yeah, it's literally two days in between every, every yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah, that speeds things up, doesn't it? <laughs> right. Anyway, um, look, I think I think Miami's going to win tonight at home. I, I think going, I think coming home, I think Miami's going to win that game tonight. And if they do, I mean, look, we could be looking at a Miami championship. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I actually, when they won the other night, I said all they need to do to, in my opinion, they just need to split these mm-hmm. next two games. And I think if they split these next two games, they definitely put themselves in the driver's seat to pull off, uh, pull off a series win. So, are they in the NBA Finals? It's still two two one one. Is it real? okay? Yeah. So they changed that, didn't they? Because, yeah, they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Because even even though the earlier rounds were two two one one one, the NBA Finals had stayed at two three two. Yeah, right. Um, do you like the? I, I like the two three two myself. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I grew up on the two two one 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 that I, I'm I like. I don't mind. How the young? Two, how, how old are you? I, I just turned forty nine. What? Smokes. Two weeks ago. I grew up on two three two in every every baseball basketball series in the history of mankind. <laughs> I grew up with well, two I just, three two. Yeah, I like, mean, there was no such thing as two one 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 until about <laughs> ten years ago. I like the two one the two. I mean the two three two was cool, but I didn't like it because I just felt like that gave too much of an advantage. Because I mean, think about it. You just if you're the if you're the uh, lower seat, you just got to steal one of those first two games. Yeah, and I mean then you're in a really good position. It just feels like you can play the series a lot quicker though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You don't have all the travel, right? That's true. But you know, I just felt like that advantage that you got having those three back to, you know, those three games back to back at home. You just needed, like I said, if you steal one of those first two, you're in a good position. 
Well, we got to say RIP to one of the legendary yeah. wrestling heels in yeah. in history. Yeah. And look, I I hated the Iron Sheik growing up, yeah. and I, and I was one of my favorite one of my five favorite tag teams still to this day is the U.S. Express. Mm-hmm. Barry Windham, and Mike Rotunda, Mike Rotundo, yep. Captain Lou Albano yep. managing, and they would take on the Iron Sheik and, and Nikolai Nicole Volkov yep. with classy Freddie Blassie in their corner, pencil neck geek. I mean, that was that was my childhood of, okay, yeah. let's get it on. And, and I would always get so disgusted when the Iron Sheik and Volkov would cheat and they would win. Um but the Iron Sheik was a great heel. And yeah, look, I, he I was tweeted, the best. Yeah, I mean, we talked about his biography a few weeks yeah. ago. And I tweeted out, look, in my lifetime, there have not been many heels better. At le- I mean, again, I'm speaking in my lifetime. There haven't been many heels better than what the Iron Sheik was. He could get people to hate him. And look, I'll give him credit that he was willing to be a transitional champion. Now, you know the story about the Sheik and Vern Gagne. Mm-mm. Okay. Vern Gagne offered, supposedly, this is a rumor and innuendo, but it's been talked about. Supposedly, the Iron Sheik was offered, I think it was fifty dollars or $100,000 to break Hogan's leg when they met up in Madison Square Garden. Oh, wow. Vern Gagne did. You know, Vern Gagne, obviously, Hogan ditched Vern Gagne, AWA, right. and came to the WWF, and... He left them high and dry. Uh, that's where Hulkamania was. Like it, Hulkamania didn't start in the mm-hmm. Hulkamania started in the AWA, right? And, and he was coming out to Eye of the Tiger and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. So he he was offered a bounty to break Hogan's leg. Wow! Now that's the story. Is that yeah? Now he didn't take it, obviously. But and and by the way, the Iron Sheik was a shooter. Like he was a. He was a legitimate wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, he coached. Yeah, he the, coached. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the '68 Olympic team. Yeah. I think that he coached. Uh, so he was a legitimate bad badass. Let's say it, tough guy, and was a shooter. And he could he could hook you. I mean, as they say in the business, you know, Jerry Briscoe guy, he could hook you. And he was offered a bounty to break Hogan's leg in that match in Madison Square Garden. Wow! By Vern Gagne. That that's the rumor and innuendo, but. He was a great heel, um, one of the best to ever do it. Um, you hated him. Yep. I mean, and and he really became a – he really did become a beloved figure. as mm-hmm. his, And, by the way, you know he won the WrestleMania 17 gimmick battle royal. Right. Remember they yeah. had Bruce Pritchard, Jim Cornette, the Iron Sheik, Jim, and they had all these, you know, former – I think the goon was in it. Uh, Bill Irwin, uh, the goon, yeah. he was in it. I mean, so – they had all of these former gimmick wrestlers, and the reason that the Iron Sheik won, you know why he won? Uh-huh. Because the Sheik could not take a bump oh, over yeah, the top rope. Because he was hurt. He was he, yes, because he of was the in, injuries. Yes, and he stuff. was in. Yeah. he was yeah. in physical pain. He could not take a bump over the top rope and be eliminated. So they decided to let him win. That's why. <laughs> that's that's a why great they decided to, to let him win. Yeah, I mean, so fabulous. But uh, R.I.P. And by the way, too, we talked about this. I, I didn't realize until a few weeks ago that he was living in Fayetteville. Right, yeah. That he was living in Fayetteville. He's living down by Mike. Yeah. Down in Fayetteville, Georgia. I did not realize that. I, why I didn't know that, but I didn't know that until just a few, when the biography came right. out. That It was like, wait a second, that's that's Atlanta, and that's mm-hmm. that's Fayetteville. I mean, yeah. oh, he was on the south side. And yeah. he lived there for a long time on the south side. Yeah, yeah. Because he came to WCW in what? 
89, 90. Yeah. He that came, and right, he got yeah. and he got paid. He got paid for two years, even though he only wrestled one. Right. Because they just forgot about him. They forgot that they were, <laughs> they were still paying. Heard forgot that he was paying the Iron Sheik in that <laughs> second year, and they didn't realize his payroll was still on the books. <laughs> Sheiky ask, baby. Did they ask for the money back? No, no. He's got paid for another year. Like, they, but they paid him for another. Year. I think Dusty was the Booker back then, or what I would have love you. Love for Dusty, that to happen. Dusty to or me. Ric Flair was uh, was the. Yeah, I think he got like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> I would love that to happen. To Sheiky me. baby. <laughs> I stretch you. I I put camel clutch break your neck. All right. 404-726-0929. Let's have a discussion. What is the Falcons' weakest link? Player, position, philosophy, style, whatever you think it is, what is the Falcons' weakest link? 404-726-0929. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. If your day sounds like. We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, back at a Chuckery Show, hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Wednesday evening with you. Going to take you up till 10 o'clock tonight. Atlanta United action as they are in L.A. Take on LAFC. Pre-match at 10 o'clock, 10.30 kick. Jason Longshore and Mike uh, Mike Connie. they will have the call for all of it. So uh, they will be on late tonight after us. So we'll lead you right into pre-game coverage. All right, 404 726 0929 404-726-0929. I'm asking you what the Falcons' weakest link is, whether it's player, whether it's a position, whether it's a philosophy or execute, whatever it is, whatever you think is, 
is the weak link. I still have this hang-up about the idea of how much better can our pass rush be? How many sacks can we end up having? That, to me, is what the weakest link is. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. I, I still have this fear that we're... I don't know that we have that fire breather. You know, I would love to say Ebba Katie is going to break out. I would love to say Caden Ellis is going to break out. I think I know what Lorenzo Carter is. I know what Grady is. He's a really good pass rusher. But, again, he's not an elite pass rusher. Nobody's Aaron Donald in the NFL as an interior defense lineman. Very few people are even Eric Armstead. I just don't know that we have those guys. You know, again, are we going to be 21 sacks, 19 sacks, 18 sacks, whatever it is, right? We've only had, what was it, 39 sacks last two years. 21 this past season, 18 the year before that. Are we going to be a 38 to 40 sack team where we're legitimately a playoff caliber defense? I don't know. I, I, I can't honestly say. I can't honestly say that I know that what we're going to be is a really good pass rush. Yeah, I mean, if we get to 27, 28 sacks, okay. I mean, that's that's better than 18 and 21. But that's not where NFL playoff defenses live. And we've gone through the whole litany of stats and metrics, and I've gone over and over and over all this a million different ways. And I have my concerns. I, I, I'm relying on guys that have either not stepped up previously, not been those fire breathers previously, guys that have had only one good season under their belt, guys that are maybe long in the tooth, and guys that haven't proven anything. And I'm relying on that to be a playoff caliber defense for it. So 404-726-0929. Let's go out to the phones. Let's grab uh, Gerald on Gwinnett. What's going on, Gerald? Hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going, buddy? So... I agree with you wholeheartedly. The obvious answer is a premier pass rusher, but I do want to take a, a different uh, turn here. I believe the, the main thing that this Falcons team is missing are like bona fide studs that we are aware of. Right now, we're relying on everybody taking either a jump, or we're relying on every we're relying on young talent to perform year one, right? We, at the end of the day, yes, B. John Robinson has all the intangibles. He had a great college career. We don't know. Like, he he may be regular. You know, we have declining veterans that we don't know if they're going to be the same veteran that they've been in the past. And then we also have also, you know, those that we want to take that jump, right? Arnold Abicady, Troy Anderson, even Desmond Ritter. Right, the Falcon is just missing bona fide stars. Right, somebody who is somebody that we know what he's going to give us. We know he's going to be con- consistent with his talent. There's no, I, there's no kind of question mark beside him. That's what this team is missing. If the Falcons had one of those players on offense or defense, we would look at this team completely different. But everything is a question mark. Even Jesse Bates, we don't know if Jesse Bates is going to be the same Jesse Bates. He was in Cincinnati, like really relying on question marks 
Yeah, and, and, and I don't dis- and I don't disagree with you. And I'll say I'll I'll even expand it further. I don't think we have enough studs at the key positions on a football team. Quarterback, offensive line, defensive line. We have a couple of studs. I mean, Chris Lindstrom's a stud. Chris Lindstrom is one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL, in the entire of the NFL. Grady Jarrett is still a premier defensive presence. But we don't have enough of those guys. We don't have enough difference makers, right? I mean, again, we could talk about Kyle Pitts and this, that, and the other. Four things have to happen before Kyle Pitts can influence a game. And as of yet, I haven't seen Travis Kelsey. He's a good player. He's done some good things. If you want to tell me that 1,026 yards in 17 games is something, you know, to get all excited about, I'll tell you, okay, it's led to 20, 20, uh, 20 losses over the last two years. Again, I, I, I don't disagree, but, but I think it's stud players who influence the game with the most important positions, quarterback, O-line, D-line. And that's why I talk about the pass rush. Do I think the pass rush is going to be better? It can't be much worse. I mean, it won't be worse than two years ago, right? Like it can't literally, like literally, if we just trot a roster out there, it won't be worse than it was two years ago. You can literally trot whatever vagabond you want out to sack the quarterback. And I don't think that it could be a whole lot worse than even last year's team. And they've, listen, they've done improvements. You know, Onyemata, right? I mean, Calais Campbell and Kay Nellis and, you know, all these guys, Lorenzo Carter, Bud Dupree. I mean, you know, again, we've got some players, but to your point, are are they on the are they on the incline decline flat like where are we is bud dupree a guy that's on the incline not based upon what his career has been the last couple few years he was a player a few years ago that you know was certainly you know a a very capable you know top end pass rusher it's not been that way the last couple of years for him clay's campbell's getting to be 35 36 years old whatever it is is he going to play 60% of the snaps it cost him at the end of the year because he couldn't stay healthy at the end of the year, right? I think he missed the playoff game for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Caden Ellis, uh, he's a one-year wonder. Yeah, he got a chance to play and got a chance to start, and he saw what he could do. But why was he a three? Why was he a guy that for three years was just kind of languishing? It isn't like that. The Saints don't want good defensive linemen or good defensive ends or good outside of. Wasn't like the Saints weren't a premium organization on their defensive line of scrimmage. Or it was too crowded or whatever. So, you know, that's the thing is, you know, I hope we have more of those guys who can influence the game. You know, we talked about last night, Drew Dahlman being a guy that was 13th. And I talked about this on my podcast morning. I'm shocked. I, I don't – is Drew Dolman a top half center in this league after one year that was mediocre? Okay. And, and you know, guys are like, well, I mean, he could be the – yeah, everybody can be that player. That's why you draft him. That's why you draft a guy to, so he could be that player, right? I mean, Matt Hennessy was what? Wasn't Matt Hennessy an academic All-American? He played for Jeff Collins at, at, uh, at Temple – 
I had Jeff on the show when uh, when Hennessy was drafted. We talked to Jeff Collins during the pandemic. I was home on a Saturday afternoon. I think it was maybe Hugh Douglas and I or somebody like that that was working on a Saturday, and I had Jeff Collins on, and we, we had Jeff Collins on, and we had um, Marlon Davidson, um, Gus Malzahn. I think I think wasn't that the year that we that we had um, Hennessy drafted? Uh, what's his name? Uh, I just lost his name. The kid from uh, Auburn, um, Marlon Davidson. I, I had the two of the coach, the the second round, you know. Uh, Gus Malzahn and, and Jeff Collins on to talk about those guys. So, I mean, again, he's smart player and all this and the other. Matt Hennessy, Drew Dahlman, they're too light in the dumper. But surprised me that he was, you know, 13th, you know, rated, graded out the 13th best center, rated the 13th best center in the NFL. But I still keep hearkening back to what's our pass rush going to be like. Right now, it feels like it's going to have to be pass rush by committee. And when I'm talking about committee, I'm not talking about the Eagles having four guys that have double-digit sacks, right? I'm not talking about Montez Sweat and um, Riddick and uh, who's the guy that signed with uh, Javon Hargrave. I'm not talking about four guys that have 10 sacks apiece or more. I'm talking about committee of sacks. And maybe we can do it, you know, in waves. And by the way, I've said before, I don't believe in the idea of you get sacks from your secondary. You can't cover everybody that long in the NFL. If you can't get to the quarterback, you can't cover guys long enough in the NFL. Not when you have three, four, five players all running around in patterns and formations the way that, that offenses are in the NFL. It's not 1978 anymore, folks. It's not two wide receivers and maybe a tight end, maybe a running back that you have to account for and nobody else. Nowadays, it's shotgun, five wide, huck it all over the field, short passes, screens, this, that. Uh, can't cover everybody. Quick throws, quick slant. You know, I mean, all these things that are set up for the offense to thrive in. So I, I just, I hearken back to, is it going to be a scenario where we're going to look up and say, gosh, we only had 26, 27 sacks. That's better than 21 but was it enough? Was was it enough to really make a difference? All right, when we come back, um, the golf writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Stan Autry, is going to join us as, uh, obviously, in the world of golf, the Live, the PGA, all trying to come together, singing Kumbaya, and there's a lot of golfers not having it. We'll talk to Stan coming up next. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, and the Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio, 92.9, the game. Back at a Chuckery show. Hanging out with you in the Key Studios. Going to take you to 10 o'clock tonight. Hand it off to Atlanta United coverage. Pre-game at the pre-match at the 10 o'clock, 10.30 kick. Atlanta United in L.A. to take on LAFC. Jason Longshore and uh, Mike, uh, Mike Connie will have the call for all of that. Uh, Braves underway. Um, so we're uh, this is game number two. Um, you know, we'll talk to John Heyman coming up here at uh, 820 uh, this evening. But um, 
you know, listen, um, good win last night for the Braves. Kind of come from behind victory. Mets are off to a uh, a one nothing lead as uh, Morton has given up a, a run so far, um, a single. So it wasn't uh, a home run, but Morton with a uh, with an inning under his belt and uh, a hit, a run, a couple of strikeouts and a walk, uh, thirty pitches in that first inning. Uh, Max Scherzer gave up a hit but struck out the side on sixteen pitches in the uh, first inning. So we're uh, efforting uh, Stan Autry, uh, former golf writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, now the editor of Golf Georgia. So I'm trying to get him on the line uh, to talk about this unification, if you will, of Live, the PGA, and um, what is also, uh, what is it, uh, the, what was the other organization, um, DP World Tour, are all in agreement to unify. Whew. Now, if you don't know, by the way, the... Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund, PIF for short. That's the that's the group that is financing Live Golf. They have six hundred sitting down, everybody. Okay. They have PIF has more than six hundred billion in assets. More than six hundred billion billion in assets. They'll be the leading investor in the yet-to-be-named new entity, and it will also become a premier corporate sponsor of the PGA Tour, DP World Tour, and other international tours. Uh, and, And they write in this article on ESPN, quote, for those who need a point of comparison, it was like Dusty Rhodes' girlfriend showing up on a st- on stage with Ric Flair at World Championship Wrestling in the 1980s and pledging her loyalty to the Nature Boy. Well, I mean, didn't we see that kind of with Scary Sherry and the Macho Man and he'd gotten rid of Liz and all that? Anyway, so something like that. But uh, Or Alabama coach Nick Saban taking the Auburn job. So, yeah, I mean, look, it's all about the, the bread, the cash, the do-re-mi. I mean, let's not get this thing twisted. That's what this whole thing is about, is when you have a $600 billion entity. You notice how, and, and I'll, we're going to get to a What's Bug and Chuckery coming up at 840, about an hour from now, but do you notice how the golfers were on one side and the guy who runs the PGA at the end of the day, Jay Monahan, all of a sudden was like, well, you know, they got some money and, you know, after, you know, not letting golfers play and they couldn't be in majors and this, that. Boy, that's that stance softened. You know, we had talked to our buddy Will Gray uh, during the uh, PGA Championship, and it was like, well, you know, they're going to start letting these guys play in the majors and things like that. Whereas they were fighting against it. You know, what? what is it that um, the enemy of the the enemy of my enemy is my friend? Well, I mean, they all became friends. And money talks and BS walks. I mean, that's that's what it is at the end of the day. That when you have that kind of asset and resources, all of a sudden you don't become holier than thou. All of a sudden, you know, things are a little bit better on the other side of the street, right? And all this money that was being thrown around to these golfers that were on the live tours, you know, 
was amazing. And there's a guy like Rory McIlroy, and we'll, we'll talk about him coming up what's bugging Chuck Reed, but there's a guy like Rory McIlroy just hung out to dry. Jay Monahan doesn't care. We think Jay Monahan cares. They're going to get all kinds of cash infused into their organization. And we've talked with Will Gray about this, our golf guy, in the past. You know, when you once you get Tiger out of the way, the viewership for golf isn't all that great. I mean, there are tournaments here or there that draw big numbers, and there are events that get people excited to watch. But the weekend, week-out numbers are very pedestrian. Because if you don't have Tiger, and that's the other thing is the star power. You know what will make stars come out and play golf? Money. Monet, cash, bread, do, re, me. That's what will make, that's the, the biggest motivator in this thing. You know, you know what they should do? They, they should all get together with all this money that they're going to have infused and things like that, and they should have a closest-to-the-money bag shot, right? Instead of on a par, th- like on a par three, closest tee shot to the money bag wins the burlap sack full of cash. Not, a flag, not, not closest to the flag wins the, um, uh, wins the pool or what, what's it called? Um, What's it called when the uh, when when you shoot it closest to the flagstick? But again, like closest to the money bag, on a par three, whoever hits it the closest ends up getting the, the whole bag of money. That's what motivate guys. You you'd have every Tom, Dick, and Harry coming out of the woods to to line up for all of that. Put gazillions of dollars into a burlap sack, put it on the green, and said, "Okay, guys, closest to this wins this." Or a bag full of gold. That's the driving force in everything. It's always, again, to quote Joe Pesci in, in Casino, it's always about the dollars. It's always about the dollars. It's all about the dollars. Yeah. That's what it always is. It's always about the money in all of these ventures. And, again, it's funny how everybody changed their tune so quickly. Now, some guys did and some Some guys said, look, there are plenty of guys on the PJ Tour and, and the Live Tour, for that matter, as well, that have FU money. I mean, most of those guys, you know, probably have FU money. It's not like Rory that if he doesn't make another dollar for the rest of his life is going to be, you know, in some homeless shelter at a soup kitchen or Phil Mickelson. You know, the, the only way Phil Mickelson would be at a soup kitchen is if he keeps gambling his money away. That'd be about the only way. But he probably makes so much more money than he gambles on that he can't even his his gambling count can't outspend what he makes. So yeah, again, you know these guys have all this fu money, and they just they pile up more cash with it. But it is fascinating to see just the response. And and I'll give Jay Monahan credit. Monahan credit. The one thing that that he was honest about was that this was not a popular decision. Now, duh, I mean, you could say, well, duh, yeah, but guys in his position don't normally admit that, that that conversations were heated, conversations were contentious, there was, you know, near riots, and you know what I mean? Like like things were not very smooth and hunky-dory when that when all this announcement was made. And he, he responded to that. Because a lot of those guys in those positions would be like, oh, yeah, everything's great. Right, the Kevin Bacon thing, you know, all is well. Remain calm. 
while the city's blowing up around him, right? Bombs bursting in the air and, you know, buildings crumbling to the ground and everything like that. Everything's, everything's great. Everything's fine. Remain calm. All is well, right? From Animal House. But, again, normally guys in Jay Monahan's position don't go to that length of, you know, talking about how they had a moment of honesty that, hey, things did not go well and, and there was not a good response to all of this and it was contentious and it was heated and, you know, it was, you know, over the top. But, you know, again, um, what do they care? Right? I mean, honestly, what do they care? That the money's all there. What difference does it make? They they don't they don't care about they don't care about the idea of you know guys' feelings are hurt or this that and the other. It's a whole bunch of cash that's going to get infused in to the PGA organization or whatever they're going to call this thing, right? And, and again, you talk about the ultimate face to heel turn. The PGA was the ultimate baby face. Let's use another wrestling term. You know, they talked about. Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes, let's use another one. They were the ultimate baby face to stand up to live and say, look, you guys aren't going to play on our tours. Guys aren't going to play in our events. You're not going to get the FedEx points. You are um, not going to you know, get prime television or anything like that. And they stood up to them, right? And then all of a sudden it was, here's the Hulkster coming down to make the save, right? Team WCW to try to save his buddy, Macho Man Savage, even though they weren't really that great of friends, but um, but we can pretend, right? Going down there to protect his buddy and help, st- and, you know, help Sting and help Macho Man and, you know, help those guys fight the evil guys that are the invaders and stuff like that. And then what, he ends up, what does he end up doing? He ends up going heel. He ends up siding with the invaders. And remember that Bash of the Beach 96 when he turned heel? The amount yep. of trash. Mm-hmm. Remember all the trash that, that the, I mean, ended up, yeah. there were so much cups and stuff like that thrown into the ring. Mm-hmm. That was one of those great moments where we never thought we would see Hulk Hogan become the bad guy. And then I think he was better as Hollywood Hogan than I, I mean, look, I was a Hulkamaniac because I was a youth. I mean, I was a, I was a teenager when Hulkamania was running wild, right? So I was a Hulkamaniac. I was never, you know, I was never an ultimate warrior guy. I was a Hulkamaniac. But when he made that heel turn, that was like the ultimate. Well, this is this is what the PGA has done. They suckered you in. They acted like the baby face, right? And then, you know, when everybody else is protesting and things like that, they hit the forearm to the back of the head and knocked you down. And you realize that it was it was Austin shaking McMahon's hand. At WrestleMania 17, it was Austin and Vince shaking hands with one another. That what what did what did JR's what was JR's call? Um, something about the devil. Um, oh think. yeah, uh, when you shake hands with the devil, something. Oh, yeah, what did he yeah. Used to say? I mean, he he said he he had that line um, about shaking hands with the devil. But yeah, and that's that's what it was. It was. Austin and McMahon coming together. So crazy stuff. But, um, you know, again, this is a uh, this is an interesting time in the world of golf, and they probably got to do some things to shake some things up and, and get more people to watch. All right, when we get back from the top of the hour, it will be time for a Falcons flyover. Pro Football Focus has their top edge players ranked. Let me see if I can find all the Falcons on that list. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios. 
Sports Radio 929 the game, Odyssey.com app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 